Welcome to the second official Optimism Vaccine Wrestling Podcast. I'm Steve Cuff, and I'm joined here today by Casey Carmody and the Wisconsin Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Coleman. Hey, how you going? How you doing, uh, gentlemen? It's great, it's great to be back. It's it's a shame I can't see your faces. I know we're uh, we're we're tele. What what are we doing? Telecommuting in a way here. We're just, we're not doing it live in the studio per se. We're doing it live from. Uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel, are we really commuting? Is this a job now? It, it is a job. You guys, you're not actually getting paid, but uh, this is this <laughs> thing. It's called a resume builder. Oh, yes. Just what I needed. <laughs> exactly. Yours is certainly lacking, Casey. I know. <laughs> All right, anyways, uh, so there was just a... Uh, a pay-per-view recently. Maybe you guys have heard of it. Survivor Series. Are you familiar? Oh, yes, of course. Is that the one where there's like a ton of people in the ring and they throw them out <laughs> one by one? I think yeah, that's the one, that's the one. <laughs> the one where the band Survivor plays at the middle of the show. <laughs> Just eye of the tiger over and over again. <laughs> you got to make a series of it. Yeah, you know. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. All right, Survivor Series number Survivor Series four. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's four. it's technically part of the Big Four, but uh, it doesn't seem to be that important these days. Uh, but you know, it's still technically one of their big pay-per-views, and this year it was free. So uh, the idea was it was supposed to be bigger and better than ever because they're trying to draw people into the uh, the WWE network. And uh, my overall impressions, eh, not so great, not so great. What, what do you guys think overall? I would say it's probably the best pay-per-view they've done since at least SummerSlam, so they have that going for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair. And obviously having Sting come out at the end is a big incentive for people who don't have the network to now get it, because it's like, oh, I got this for free. Imagine what happens when I pay nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's great for big fucking marks like you, Steve Coleman. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, waiting for the uh, corpse of the Ultimate Warrior to enter the Royal Rumble. Oh, my, uh... <laughs> See, I didn't think it was so bad. I thought the uh, the final match was pretty entertaining, and it went in a way I wasn't expecting. So I I I thought it made it worth it for me in the end, kind of that last match. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mean. Fair enough. And I I do agree with you too that compared to some of the recent. Uh, Pay-per-views, it's it's certainly a step in the right direction, uh, and, and the Sting thing was a nice surprise, and, and we'll get to that. I mean, it's not as great as say, you know, having like Dean Malenko walk out, but uh, you know, we all can't have what we want. The great Malenko. <laughs> the great Malenko. Uh, so let's talk about this card a little bit. Uh, did, did either of you guys watch the pre-show at all? Um, um, we had it on, but I think I was in the middle of making Thanksgiving pizza at that point. <laughs> Yeah, that took precedence. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I I did the exact same thing. I had it on, but I just I didn't give a shit, so I, I wasn't really watching it. But apparently Fandango came back, which I'm sure you're both really excited about. Well, well all right. He's more of a tango dancer, right? Is that the deal? <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he was supposed to be the uh, the new and improved Fandango, but, you know, same gimmick, same bullshit, uh, against the mighty Justin Gabriel. So, wow, what a, what a way to... Uh, really draw us into this pay per view. And then to hear Gabriel's son still wrestling. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he actually he performed with Survivor uh, halfway through the show. Um, and then the uh, the second match of the pre the pre show was Jack Swagger and Cesaro, which you know again Jack Swagger wins. 
Uh, Cesaro seems to be taking on this new role as like jobber to the stars. Like he he just he's jobbing, but he's having these great matches where he's making himself and his competitor look amazing. So I'm just I'm really curious what they're doing with him. I mean, clearly they're burying the guy, but he's having these fantastic matches. Well, I think he pissed off management on Twitter a few months ago, didn't he? By complaining that oh. people like John Cena are always... I've seen John Cena versus Randy Orton for the 500th time. People are getting bored of that. Yeah, and that, well, and that was the same night that... It was him and Dolph, right, that were going uh, two out of three, and Dolph just p- pinned him straight, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was something. Did yeah. not expect that. So I don't know what the deal is with Cesaro. He... I mean, they they had him come out, you know, a week ago, or not this past week, but the week before, kind of on Raw, like he was going to join Cena's team, and then he just went over to the Authority anyway. And yeah, I don't know. He 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 must be pissing someone off backstage to the point that they're just like, hey, he's a good wrestler. He can put on a pretty good, entertaining show, but we're going to just book him like shit. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, he actually he had a match with um, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Tyson Kidd, and it was incredible. I mean, if if you held a gun to my head right now and asked me to pick, like, match of the year, that would be a strong contender. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, but it, it was great, too, because at the same time, they, they gave these guys 15 minutes, and you have two people who just regularly get buried in Cesaro and Tyson Kidd mm-hmm. just putting on this incredible, incredible match, the kind of shit that you never, ever see on SmackDown. And it was absolutely amazing. But, of course, we're not going to see a lot of that because uh, the WWE hates us. <laughs> they really do. Yeah, I don't. I, I've heard that match was pretty good. I haven't gone back and watched it quite yet, but that's that's on the list of some things I need to catch up on. Yeah, if you're gonna watch one match in the last six months, that's that's probably the one to watch. All right. Uh, and then uh, you know, once we get into the actual main pay per view, uh, we had the the fatal four way tag team match, which um, I mean, I was obviously pleased by the result, but um. It was kind of a weird format. I don't understand why they just didn't do a Survivor Series style match or like elimination match, uh, because you can. I, I guess you you could have tagged anyone you wanted to, regardless of if they were your partner or not. But there's only two guys in the ring at once. Yeah, that was really odd to me because I don't know why you would have tagged anyone that wasn't your partner, right? Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. And I think uh, was it JBL. I think brought it up. He's like, well, why would I tag anybody else, Moggle? And he was just like, well, you know, if you're in trouble, you might just have to tag out whether you want to or not, which is like an asinine explanation. Um, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't if you're if you're Goldust or Stardust, why don't you just you know stay in the ring the entire time? Why would you ever tag to one of the other tag teams? It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but it somehow, I mean, it was it was sloppy, it was a little bit weird, still entertaining, and uh, Ms. Dow gets over, so that's that's all I really care about. Yeah, well, that was fun to see. It was fun to see, and I mean, I think that was kind of called, like, I think my girlfriend called that one a million miles away. She's like, oh, Mizdow's going to win this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, just uh, just watching people react to him on Raw and SmackDown for the past couple of weeks, he, it's insane how over he is. Uh, the only thing is, is, I mean, you're you're inevitably going to have this breakup between The Miz and Sandow, obviously. Um, but after that, I don't know what you do with Damian Sandow to, you know, keep him popular, I guess, because the guy's, he's a good wrestler, and he's fucking hilarious, but for some reason, until he started doing this, you know, the whole stunt double thing, nobody really gave a shit about him, uh, so I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with him after well, this. 
I don't know. I would argue that he was kind of over, you know, about a little over a year ago when he won the money in the bank, and I think a lot of people were really behind him, and then they, the company just seemed to completely bury him after yeah. he went against John Cena for the championship. Yeah, I've, I've never seen someone get buried like he got buried. <laughs> yeah, and that was really, it was really sad, actually. Yeah. It felt well, very bad for him. And, I mean, his whole bit is that he's a comedy wrestler, right? He, he's got a shtick all the time. And maybe with Santino gone now, because that was Santino's shtick, too. Yeah. Uh, like, it just opens it up for another comedy guy, because, I mean, I don't know. When I'm watching wrestling, I don't want to see poor attempts at comedy, uh, mm-hmm. which they try and do too often. But, I mean... <laughs> Damian Mizdow, he's pretty good at it. Yeah, I'd rather take his comedy over uh, Heath Slater's. <laughs> uh, yeah, and actually, I, I love the way he stays in character, too. Uh, WWE did a short, uh, like a Thanksgiving video, which is fucking hilarious because they didn't really think it through at all. Uh, but oh, they just go up to these wrestlers, oh, what are you thankful for this year? So, of course, they, they interview Emma, and she's just like, I'm from Australia, I don't give a fuck about Thanksgiving. And then they end with, with Mizdow. He's like, what am I going to do for Thanksgiving? There's going to be a live feed to the Miz's house, and I'm going to reenact his entire Thanksgiving dinner. And it just, <laughs> it just ends. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, after, after that, we had the, uh, the Divas traditional Survivor Series match, which sort of came out of nowhere. And uh, I guess kind of a pleasant surprise, uh, but it really shed a lot of light on how shitty and shallow the Divas division actually is at this point. It was a, definitely a throwback to Survivor Series 91 when uh, Tito Santana, uh, Texas Tornado, fuck, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Sergeant Slaughter did a clean sweep. Oh, yeah. I just of, uh, watched that like two weeks ago, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I thought for sure Paige was going to be a sole survivor on that one. I'm like, oh, they're going to eliminate yeah. everybody and she's going to come through, but it was just clean. Yeah, it was it was weird. Well, and it, it would have made sense for her to be a sole survivor because she was actually the only competent wrestler on her team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's see here. Yeah, Cameron can't wrestle. Uh, Layla cannot wrestle. Also, Layla's like 40, which I did not realize. So yeah, good for her there. for still being able to do that at her age. And then Summer Rae, who can kind of wrestle, but they don't really let her wrestle. No. So, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, whereas the other team, Alicia Fox, Emma, Naomi, Natalia, these are all people who actually can do things in the ring, which is, yeah. which is nice. Although, uh, maybe I missed it, but at what point did Alicia Fox become a face? Just because? <laughs> I mean, what, just because she, her, and, her and Paige got in a fight, so she's automatically a face now? Is that how that works? Yeah, I mean, people have turned face for less. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that, mag- I, I don't know, my my understanding, or kind of the way I thought of it, is like they didn't have a very full card for Survivor Series coming into this, right? And so no. they needed something. They needed some some time filler to say, like, hey, we got to do something because we don't want, you know, we can't let Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose go for 45 minutes. Yeah, well, I mean... I, I would like that. I well, certainly would have appreciated that. <laughs> uh, they certainly they certainly gave us a good 15. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that just seemed like it was a time filler. I and mean, it was entertaining enough, and it's nice to see that, you know, Divas are actually getting two matches on our pay-per-view. And maybe the other thing is it was the free one, so then maybe they're thinking, hey, you know, ladies, like, we got wrestling Divas here, too, for you. We got the wrestling ladies here for yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I, I hope that it's it's sort of signaling that they're going to start including more Divas matches on cards, because if, if you look at, like, NXT, for example, uh, NXT will regularly close shows uh, with women's matches. Like, they will main event, uh, you know, like Charlotte and Sasha Banks and people like that, which is crazy when you think of the way WWE is and then compare it to, you know, how NXT handles their talent. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's kind of infuriating that uh, once these... These uh, female wrestlers, once they move up to WWE, they're actually wrestling really shitty short matches if they get any exposure at all. And then, I mean, we we talked about this before too, how all their characters become one-dimensional. And I mean, right now, I think half of the divas division, their most notable characteristics, as far as like you know, uh, that goes, is probably jealousy. They're all jealous of each other. That's that's it. <laughs> Some great characterization there. I'm just waiting for the divas tag team barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be on the horizon. Right? That would be incredible. Well, I mean, I guess you you could do that with the Bellas, couldn't you? Because uh, oh yeah, there you go. Because I mean, Brie, she's got the whole hippie Daniel Bryan thing going, so I could see her not wearing shoes. And then uh, so John Cena's just gotta n- knock up Nikki, and then there we go. It'll be perfect. And that'll be the start of his heel turn. Yeah, he knocks up Nikki Bella and then forces her to wrestle. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go. That would go really well. Uh, well, so well I'm I'm WWE right now. <laughs> well, from what I've heard, that uh, you know, wrestling ability is not sexually transmitted. So, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> did you not see that? Oh, I Monday? saw it. I saw it. Yeah, on Raw. That was that was interesting. <laughs> Which, oh my god, we might as well just talk about that match. What the fuck was with the Divas title match? That was just embarrassing. I can't believe they did it. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah, uh, the, the kiss the, the kiss of death is just, ugh, that was, that was pretty rough. And maybe it's just, they were, they planned on having a longer match and they are just running out of time. And I don't know, it was, it was pretty rough. I was pretty disappointed in that one. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, I mean, if, if you're listening and you don't know what happened, uh, the Divas title match was over in about, I think it was about 15 seconds, mm-hmm. but uh, Brie jumped up on the apron and kissed AJ, and then uh, Nikki surprised her and pinned her and, and won the title. Uh, and the biggest problem with that is you have all these people in the Divas division who just flat out cannot wrestle, but you have a couple of people who are capable of giving really good performances. And recently, Nikki Bella has been... Pretty good. Like I like this heel like hoss thing that she's doing with the rack attack and uh you know, she's kind of a bruiser now and that would have been it would have been great to see her and AJ squaring off in, you know, like a ten or fifteen minute long match, but uh yeah, it's not not gonna happen. Uh, yeah, it just I'm getting a little nervous for AJ Lee's career generally. <laughs> yeah, oh and we'll definitely get into that later with the whole CM Punk business that uh that went yeah. down. But yeah, I mean, so I don't know if they're just getting ready to start burying her or what. But yeah, that was just that was a that was a disappointing match. And I mean, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella are on, are on uh, Total Divas, so they have the belt, makes for more interesting storylines on the reality television show. Yep, exactly. And uh, I know AJ has flat out refused to do Total Divas, so I'm sure that has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to bury her though because she is super over with the fans and I don't know I'm, they're gonna have to really do some work to make people hate her, especially because you know they're gonna be wise to what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, it didn't matter when people were still chanting CM Punk, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They don't, they can get through it. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Uh, let's talk about Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt. Aren't we forgetting uh-huh. a match? Uh, shit. Oh, well, I mean, the, the Adam other, Rose the other, and the bunny? I'm sorry, yes, Adam Rose and the Bunny. Where did My that mistake? Where the hell did that come from, by the way? Fucking, I don't know, man. And that was, that was one of my major problems with this pay per view, is it really kind of felt like an extended episode of Raw to me. Um, just the, the way it started with all the talking and all the bullshit for like the first 15 minutes, and then to follow that up with, uh, Adam Rose shooting like a, a commercial for wrestling action figures, which somehow turns into a, a match. It was oh my god, fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I just I, I can't I can't deal with Adam Rose anymore. I, I his shtick was old for me. Probably the second time I saw it, I was like, all right, I'm fucking done with this guy. And now this whole bunny shit. It's just it's so like gobbledygooker 1988 bullshitty. I, I can't I can't deal with it. Well, I mean, the Bunny and Adam Rose have been, I mean, they've had a long relationship, so (laughs) we can't just, like, when something's, when there's a little bit of tension there, we got to take notice. (laughs) we got to let this build and marinate. Yeah, got to let it breathe, got to let it breathe. I can see this just drawing out for the next eight or nine months, just really building. It's the Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty story of this century. (laughs) I I think we're just seeing a teaser for WrestleMania right now, headline. For the main, event. main event, <laughs> Bunny and Adam Rose main event. Oh my Hell god! Cell. <laughs> cell. Maybe we could see him at the elimination chamber. Oh boy! <laughs> Great. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, yeah. So, I mean, the quicker they kill that, the better. I, I just, I'm curious to see who they're going to reveal the bunny as. If it's going to be anyone at all, if they're going to bring back, you know, Darren Young or. If they're gonna try and bring in somebody from NXT that way, um, but Jesus Christ, what a shitty way to sink your career before it even starts! <laughs> like, can you imagine like Sami Zayn shows up and like, oh, Sami Zayn's the bunny? Yeah, that, that would go over really well. I mean, what would be great is if like just when they reveal it, like backstage, it turned out it was like Kane or something the entire time. <laughs> yeah, just like oh, so obviously it was not him, and that I mean that would be the best way that you could reveal this. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping it, the the only way that I'm going to be happy is yeah, if it's something like that, or I think the ultimate would be is if they pull the head off the bunny and it's Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was Pete Rose? <laughs> that would be good too. I I would accept Pete Rose, Kane, Pete Rose, and Ric Flair are all acceptable. All right. Uh, okay, so Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose. Uh, for my money, probably the best match of the night up until the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, pretty pretty good overall. I was pleased, except again, the, the end was total bullshit and just a you know a commercial hook to get people to buy the network and see the next pay per view. Yeah, I can't recall ever seeing anything that blatant before, as far <laughs> as like advertising the next pay per view. Which is a pretty big deal considering we're talking the WWE here. I mean, and it just kept getting drawn out and out like he's bringing the table, bringing out the ladder for no reason. What, what what's he grabbing from under the the mat? Oh, it's chairs. And what's next? Oh oh my god, it's a table. Oh, and a ladder. Oh, oh my god. And all these things are like neatly stacked. Yeah. <laughs> What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit of subtext there. Uh, 
Yeah, that was that was really blatant, and it, it's a crime too. Because I mean, again, amazing match, really really well done. Um, and you never know what you're gonna get out of Bray Wyatt. The guy can give you the performance of the century, or he can totally phone it in inexplicably. And both those guys were completely on that night. Uh, and then just to have it end like that was was dumb. And even the fact that it ended with uh, Ambrose burying. Wyatt under all the tables and ladders and chairs. It seemed a little weird to me. Like, shouldn't Wyatt have been the one doing that shit? You know, don't you want don't you want your your heat on the bad guy? I well, I think they. I mean, what? I guess I'm trying to understand the kind of the what they're doing is from maybe building up from WrestleMania with you know Wyatt and Cena, where Wyatt is trying to say like, oh Cena, show him that you're actually a bad guy. <clears throat> And then they're doing that with Dean Ambrose, and Dean Ambrose is just like, I am a bad guy, and I'll hit you with a chair. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably what they're going with is, you know, oh, D- Dean Ambrose isn't totally a face. Yeah. Even though, I mean, come on. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a little weird just because it's a complete rehash of the Cena storyline, and I don't know if they can do anything interesting with it. And um, I, I hate some of the supernatural bullshit they do. With Bray Wyatt too, like I, I hated the, the the cage match with with Cena, where you know the the kid comes out and sings in the demon voice, and then just the shit in the cage match where uh, you know hologram Bray Wyatt comes out of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stand that shit. And that's what they do with him. They just they go like full 1988 with him, the just hokey ass dumb bullshit that we're supposed to buy into. He might as well have somebody holding up an urn in front of him. Well, before you know it, he's going to be kidnapping Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H will be behind it all along. <laughs> there you go. It was me, back some, uh... It was me all along. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then, well, we had the uh, the main event, so uh, you guys impressed overall with that, I take it? Uh, yeah, actually. I... Um... I mean, apart from the big sting thing, like, I was very surprised to see them not bury Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, that was weird. Um, I, th- I think they almost, like, any criticism that you have for that match, it almost gets completely swept under the rug just because all the loud, obnoxious fans got exactly what they wanted. They mm-hmm. got Dolph Ziggler and they got Sting. So what what can they complain about when they got their two favorite things? I mean, yeah, the, well... It was. I was surprised. I mean, that's why I I liked that match. It's just mm-hmm. because I mean, yeah, I I would like to see Dolph Ziggler do well, and of course it's awesome to see Sting in the WWE. But I had I was I thought for sure. Oh nope, it's going to come down to John Cena against two or three of the Authority. Randy Orton will come out, and then all right, we're set. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like Orton turns face, and we're going to have a boring time. But oh no. god, face Orton. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> But well, that's what that was my job. I, I thought he was going to come out riding on a giraffe. <laughs> RKO the giraffe, and then go RKO the entire authority. <laughs> that's where the smart money is. <laughs> I was in oh, his I, hometown too, in St. Yeah, Louis. You know. Yeah. So I was I was pleasantly surprised. I think they they kind of built it up like it was going to be yeah Randy Orton coming out, but it was a nice little switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think and, and this is going to sound a little bit weird here. It was the most wrestling wrestling match I've seen in a very long time. Like it was like some straight up attitude era shit, uh, just with the complete disregard for any established rules. Everything that Triple H was doing at the end, 
um, all the you know emotional manipulation and stuff. And if if you haven't watched wrestling in 15 years, I'd say go go and watch that match, and you'll be happy. Mm, yeah, Very attitude esque. Yeah, it was it was a nice it was a nice throwback. I was uh, I was certainly a fan. <laughs> I appreciated the quick elimination of Mark Henry. That was nice. I I cannot watch him in a, in a ring at all. The guy just moves like fucking molasses. I hope they give him a retirement match or something at WrestleMania because he's he's getting into great Kali territory where he just looks like he's gonna die every time he takes a step. Oh, great Kali, his contract. Rest in peace, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was like a mercy firing. I, yeah. Seriously, if you watch his last couple of matches, like he had a match against Rusev not too long ago, and just watching him trying to like get into the ring, it's painful. I can't, I can't watch him. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got Thank a hell of, he's fucking gone. He's got a hell of a Twitter feed. He's <laughs> got a nice Instagram too. Yep. See his hot selfies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, overall, uh, not the best pay per view, not the worst pay per view. Uh, is this the type of thing? Are, are people actually going to sign up for the network now? Is this going to rope them in, or it, was it not enough? Mm, I don't think it's going to get people coming in droves. I, no, I, yeah, I, I don't think anything's going to really change that much either. I mean, even though nine ninety nine is a very fair price, yeah, people still don't want to pay money for these things. And a fun thing to chant too, by the way. Right. <laughs> Just yeah, wait well, till it I goes mean, to eleven ninety nine. <laughs> even the price point, if you compare it to like Netflix or Hulu or something like that, um, it, it's not the most competitive thing in the world. And there's so much shit that's still wrong with the app that it's insane. Like yeah, the they, fact that that like their update two weeks ago or whatever. Uh, they're like, oh well, now you can you can resume watching something after you stop watching it. It's like, wow, that's fucking great. Netflix had that in 2006, you assholes. How is that not a launch feature? Yeah, and th- and now you can't expand the screen anymore. Oh, specifically if you're using it on an iPad like I do. I um, did not know that. Yeah, because one of the features is like you know the older pay-per-views, they're you know framed you know in like five by eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could always expand that. Now you can't. So now you're just looking at this like tiny little square whenever you're watching like Survivor Series Jesus. 989. That's awful. Uh, well, the other thing I noticed too was uh, after it updated, I can't watch it on my tablet at all anymore. Um, huh. Now I don't. I don't have an iPad. I have a uh, like I have a Kindle Fire because I buy electronics like a 40 year old housewife, I guess. Uh, but uh, <laughs> barefoot and pregnant. Barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So I can I can like open the app and you you know the like the do 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 that little song that plays and they show the the PG rating or whatever and it does that and then it's a black screen. Nothing happens. Which by the way, that's Jim Johnson's best composition. <laughs> I I didn't know he was behind that one. So cinematic. Well, I would imagine. <laughs> I'd imagine you have to be. It is it is very it is very catchy and cinematic I have to say and I've heard it about a thousand times because I've tried to get the damn thing to work. <laughs> it's just playing on loop constantly. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and then I, what I did was I I uninstalled it and I still have the app saved to the cloud thankfully, but I uninstalled it from uh, the actual device itself because uh, I was going to try like re-downloading it and reinstalling it to see if that worked. And they actually 
they, it's it's not listed on the Amazon marketplace anymore because I'm guessing it's so fucked that they had to take it down. You hate that. So good job, WWE. You're really uh, knocking it out of the park. Hey, what a catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like me and the and like the three or four other people that own a Kindle Fire can't fucking watch the network. <laughs> well, it's... at least you're not in London trying to watch the WWE network. Uh-oh. Yeah, seriously. Well, did you see when they were on their European tour? Uh, <laughs> the crowd was chanting "Where's our network?" the entire time. <laughs> that crowd was brutal, absolutely brutal. It was amazing. How have they managed to botch this so badly? The network? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really don't know. I have no earthly idea. I'm guessing they underpaid whoever developed it because you know WWE, uh, and then they rushed it out the door so that they could get people to sign up and they could make more money. And the result is pretty much dog shit. Even the search function. Like, I wanted to watch uh, Greg Valentine versus Ronnie Garvin. Okay? (laughs) Classic classic matchup here. Is that the leg brace match? Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) But they had had some great great matches. They had, like, a loser has to retire match. They had the match at the, the Royal Rumble. I think that's the leg brace one. Yeah. Um... So I, I wanted to watch, uh, you know, some of their matches. So if, if you search for Greg Valentine on the network, three results come up. You you can either have Greg Valentine, Greg the Hammer, or Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> so you have to you have to choose between those three, and then no matter which one you pick, you're not guaranteed to get all of their matches that are on the network. It's it's fucking dog shit. I was gonna say, do you just get like the segment from WrestleMania six where they do honka honka honky love? <laughs> yeah, it's there's there's like it's, the worst thing. The worst thing is if you click on Greg the Hammer Valentine. So one of the three options. Um, there's the the first two results. One is uh like a like some little shitty Saturday morning wrestling thing, and then the second result is Ronnie Garvin beats Greg the Hammer Valentine with a sharpshooter. So the best match between them, and the second result isn't the start of the match, it's just spoiling the end for you if you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Which is complete dog shit. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Why is that even in the search option? Like, it's... You, what, what, if any, what if Hulu or Netflix did that? Like, you, you click on uh, Citizen Kane, and it just goes, Ah, Rosebud! Dragon! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> well, they do that in all of their... All their pay-per-views, when you're clicking through to the next match... Oh, yeah. It was the start of the match and then the the finish of the match, and so you just kind of got to close your eyes and click as fast as you can. Yeah, which is absolutely asinine. Here's an idea, WWE. Let me skip to the beginning of a match, and if I really want to watch the finish, because, I don't know, I'm fucking weird and I just like to watch the end of things, then I'll hit uh, rewind and I'll just watch it myself. Like, I don't... Why do they have to do this shit? It's fucking horrible. You should write a letter. I should. I'm going to write a, a passion email. Dear Mr. McMahon. I'll co-sign that. If... <laughs> yeah, and tell him to uh, advertise during a football game for once, and I'll sign it too. Yeah, th- that seems like it would be a pretty good idea. I mean, you just you just can't you just trot out Hulk Hogan on Monday Night Football or something, or, uh, or even a Sunday game and be like, Oh, you yeah. know something, brother? The network. Well, I that think they'd be able to do to that. Yeah, at least on Sunday Night Football since... WWE has somewhat of a partnership with NBC Universal. Yeah. Another thing that I think would really help them out is if they started curating content. Uh, yeah. So 
they've been doing these things on Raw where they'll they'll mention, oh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to make an appearance tonight, and do you remember when he when he drove the beer truck and sprayed people with beer? Ha ha, that was great. Get the network. But how do I find that episode of Raw? I would have to dig through dozens and dozens and dozens of episodes from the Attitude Era before I could find that, and then I would have to fast forward and find the specific moment during Raw when he actually did that shit. So, yeah, remind me about when Stone Cold Steve Austin did cool shit, and then when I open up the network, you should have a little thing right there that takes me right to it so I can watch it. Just simple things. Little things. That's all you have to do. Well, maybe now that Triple H and Stephanie will be back in, you know, Connecticut working in the offices, bring <laughs> <laughs> these ideas up. <laughs> the real reason they've been written off TV is to actually work on the network. <laughs> to actually put out a good product? Oh, God. That'd be nice. Uh, actually, it kind of sucks that they're off TV because I got to say, as far as characters go, I love Stephanie McMahon. I could watch her on the mic for hours. She's fucking amazing. Yeah. No, I, I, I have for too long missed Michael Cole reading emails from the anonymous GM. I want that back. Oh, God. What a great angle that was before, and it will be a great angle going forward. Hey, and, and let me tell you, Casey, there is nothing I enjoy more than watching an episode of Raw, and then the lights start flickering and the email noise starts going off. I love that. Love how that happens. Happens in my apartment, too. Every time I get an email, there's this just deafening beep tone, and then all my, my lights flicker. Man, I wish Vince McMahon was cutting me a check right now because I am. I'm just gonna push this angle with my whole phone. <laughs> like I was watching that. I was watching that earlier today, and you know I was kind of looking. Michael Cole gets up and starts reading the email, and I just see in the back JBL puts his head just down on the table. And oh, he's God. just like, "This is the worst idea ever." Absolutely worst. <laughs> and I guarantee you, it is 110% Vince McMahon's idea. I oh. would bet. Anything on that. Oh, Jesus. Now I'm all worked up. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Uh, Let's see here. Hold on one second. Let's talk, uh, before we we get into the big, the CM Punk thing, which there's there's a lot to unwrap there, uh, I just want to talk a little bit more about what's going on with Raw, with uh, this this whole, like, Daniel Bryan as uh, the Raw and SmackDown GM and him uh, punishing people that supported the authority. Uh, it's pretty fucking asinine. In fact, it's it's flat-out bad as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're, they're basically setting Daniel Bryan up. He's supposed to be like a face GM who's punishing these bad people, and yet he's doing absolutely horrible shit, like the whole uh, the Rusev and Lana thing. Did you guys watch? Did you see this on Raw? No, I didn't see that part of it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so what happened was uh, Daniel Bryan said, Well, Rusev, you have two options tonight. You can either uh, do a 20-man battle royal for your title, or you can say the Pledge of Allegiance in the middle of of the ring. (laughs) So he comes out, and, you know, there's all these USA chants and all this bullshit, and Daniel Bryan is bullying... Uh, Rusev into saying the American Pledge of Allegiance. And Rusev is like, no, fuck you. And then they send down Sergeant Slaughter, who gets in Lana's face and just screams the Pledge of Allegiance at Lana, and then she's, like, quivering and saying the Pledge of Allegiance. It was, it was a really great shit, yeah. So, uh, good job, Daniel Bryan. come out at that point and push Sergeant Slaughter around, because he doesn't like bullies, I know. <laughs> 
Well, no, no, because well, what happened was uh, Rusev threatened Sergeant Slaughter, and then uh, of course Jack Swagger comes out and saves the day because America. Well, so Rowan doesn't like bullies, but you know only bullies that <laughs> aren't on his side. Yeah. But it was it was just, it was embarrassing. It was really stupid and forced, and it makes Daniel Bryan look like a fucking asshole. And it it actually it made Rusev look really good. And then on SmackDown on Friday, they put him in the twenty man battle royal because he didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance, and he won. So Rusev looks great. Hey, I'm happy about that. I like. That. <laughs> I know that's that's what I'm saying. I, I'm incredibly happy. They're somehow not ruining Rusev, uh, but. I don't know. They're certainly not handling the Daniel Bryan thing particularly well. No, he's not going to be on next week, though, right? He's Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do, because I don't think they announced him for SmackDown on Friday either. He just showed up and goes, ha ha, I'm the SmackDown GM. <laughs> that sounded, sounded exactly like Daniel Bryan, too. <laughs> goofy milk and cookies grin. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big beard right now, too. You guys can't see it, but you have to trust me on that one. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah, so I I don't know. They they're not particularly hand, they're not handling this transition very well, which is funny because uh if they can't figure out a decent angle for this, the the Triple H prophecy is basically coming true, which is you guys will be fucked in two or three weeks and you'll need us to come back. Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe this is like a very meta angle. <laughs> you don't like what we're doing? Well, let's let's see what happens here. Let's yeah, let's release a shit product for three weeks. That'll be great. <laughs> Excellent idea. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's end this with uh, a little discussion of the whole CM Punk thing. Did you guys get a, a chance to listen to the Colt Cabana podcast with CM Punk? Uh, I've had to sort of go through it in bits and pieces, but uh, you know, I'm obviously very familiar with what he talked about, what he discussed. Excuse yeah, me. yeah, I got I, I I listened through the whole thing. Yeah, it's uh it's a pretty heavy pretty heavy 2 hours, that's for sure. Uh <laughs> the two biggest takeaways for me are one, the WWE fired CM Punk on his fucking wedding day, which is just incredibly shitty. <laughs> and two, uh, it really it really sheds light again on, on just how awful uh their medical policies are. Um and how much they really haven't improved at all since the early 90s when they got caught up in all that steroid bullshit. Which, um, to me, was not a surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising, but it's something I just I try not to think about it too much, right. and I just, I'm just kind of hoping in the back of my head. But if you, if you look at all their business practices, the fact that uh, they, they try to call themselves sports entertainment, like they never say wrestling, uh, and that's, that's intentional because they don't want to associate with sports. Um, you know, everybody's an independent contractor, so you can't have unions, and the roster's so thin, and it's been thin for about five years now. Uh, at least that they just they just keep putting guys on the road and they won't give anybody time off. Uh, so then you have things like CM Punk has a fucking staff infection and could have died, which is absolutely yeah, insane. Yeah, that was really fucked up. Holy that shit. that was disgusting. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. Uh, and the fact that this their you know their head doctor, the world renowned head doctor or whatever, I just I can't even imagine. You didn't notice that the last his name is Maroon. I, I did. His last name is Maroon. <laughs> what a Maroon! <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So 
it just makes me think like what what was Daniel Bryan dealing with before he finally said, "Holy shit, I need to get neck surgery." Uh, what things were were happening to Roman Reigns before, you know, whatever happened to him, like his internal organs fell apart or some shit. I mean, what was going on with them that that could have been that could have prevented some of their injuries? Who knows? All kinds of shit. Yeah, which is I mean, terrifying. It, it it doesn't sound good, and I think CM Punk makes a lot of good points. He's like, hey, these guys don't have any unions or whatnot to help push for better medical treatment or time off or you know having a vacation every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I think he makes a good point on that. I mean, in fairness, though, I like some of the stuff that I'm sure CM Punk was saying. Like he was embellishing to some extent. If hey Punk, if you're out there and you're listening to this, I love you still. So if I see you at a Blackhawks <laughs> game, I'll make sure to introduce myself and say, "Hey, how's it going? I'm Casey. I love you." Um, but I mean, like, a lot of Blackhawks games too. Yeah, <laughs> just there all the time. Uh, so yeah, I mean. It sounded like a real shitty situation, but I, yeah. I'm curious. I'm wondering how much, to the extent that, like, you know, CM Punk was actually going above and beyond and embellishing a little bit, because there had to be some of that in there too, mm. like no doubt. Well, and I, I get the idea of, you know, the WWE creates this work culture where, uh, you, you, you know, you kind of just force yourself to work, whether or not you're hurt. You got to, you know, it's this whole tough guy macho thing, uh, and I think. Ryback kind of reinforced that. I don't know if you saw his little Twitter tirade that he went on after CM Punk's podcast, uh, but he basically called CM Punk a wuss, and he said, hey, you're a sensitive crybaby, and you couldn't hang with us, and you're not tough enough, and blah, 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 and all this shit. Uh, and, and that's part of it, too, this, this whole culture that the WWE creates that doesn't allow people to be hurt. Um, and I, I think there's, there's things CM Punk could have done. Like It took him months and months and months to go get a second opinion, and at some point, you think he would have gone, man, I feel like shit, and I poop myself on TV. Maybe I should go to a real doctor if I'm pooping myself on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that... that <laughs> or just pooping yourself in general. Really. Yeah, just kind of pooping yourself in general. <laughs> like, if I'm sitting at home on the couch and I poop myself, I'm going to the doctor. I that's Hey, that's what I call a Saturday. I'm sitting in a big brown load right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> One of the things that I took away from this, though, like, Ryback sounds like he sucks. Yeah, Ryback, he, fuck Ryback. Yeah, I mean, he, like, I, I was looking, because uh, I was just doing some Googling and whatnot of the, the CM Punk interview, and uh, the Washington Post picked it up on their mm-hmm. website, and they had a gif of the time that, you know, Ryback had thrown CM Punk off the the edge and, like, was supposed to land on a table, and he kind of just, like, Half landed on the table, but more so right on the concrete. Oh yeah. Oh god, that looked painful. And looked I saw absolutely brutal. Him coming up afterwards, like either you're a fucking idiot or you did that on purpose. Which one is it? And right back <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Which I can totally picture him yeah. saying too. Which, yeah, fuck Ryback. I there's actually if you go on YouTube, you can watch the entire clip from that segment. And yeah, when you watch him go through the table. You can even see, like, where the table breaks. Only this tiny, tiny, tiny corner of the table breaks off. And the rest is just him sliding off, going right onto the fucking concrete. It's disgusting. Um, and then, you know, the fact that he, he kicked CM Punk so hard in the ribs that he broke his ribs, and then he had to finish the match, I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. Absolutely dangerous. And there's there's a lot of that in the WWE, because... <clears throat> 
you know, Vince McMahon has this uh, obsession, like he just wants to jerk off giant muscular dudes all day. And that's why you have people like Ryback and guys like Jack Swagger who are fucking huge, but they're green as shit and they can't wrestle, so they hurt people. Maybe their jizz keeps Vince McMahon young. I think that's what it is. It's probably something he rubs all over his skin. It gets rid of the wrinkles. A lot of vitamin D. He's looking a little bit wrinkly these days. He is. He is. Also, I've noticed uh, when he walks to the ring, he, he doesn't wiggle as much with his arms. He looks a little stiffer. Well, I thought for sure he was going to rip both of his quads when he was going into the ring at <laughs> Survivor Series. If only, if only. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of big, big fucking issues um, in the WWE that I, I'm glad CM Punk talked about. You know, and, you know, another guy, here's my prediction. Next giant asshole who could probably hurt someone. There's a guy in NXT who's, uh, he's like seven feet tall. Uh, his name's Big Cass. Have you have you guys seen him before? No. Anyways, he's uh he's green as shit, and I guarantee they'll bring him up too early, and I guarantee he will fucking hurt someone if Vince McMahon gets to make that call. So, uh, that's my big prediction. Well, you, you, you I'm gonna know. have a seven foot tall guy come and fucking yell at me. <laughs> I still think this is all a work by CM Punk, by the way. <laughs> the ultimate work. It's holy shit. <laughs> And I've been fantasy booking CM Punk so many ways in my mind. Like WrestleMania, he's gonna beat Lesnar. There, like that's, I'm I'm almost certain of it at this point. But is he is he actually gonna get his WrestleMania moment, his main event, or is is the Bunny and Adam Rose gonna still be the main event? Oh no, I mean yeah, they'll be second to last match. Okay, that's. I think the Bunny is CM Punk. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh my god. The biggest troll job of all time. But really, like, do you think, like, at this point, will CM Punk ever be back with the WWE? Yeah. I mean, it might be quite a while, but they always come back. And I think CM Punk's a little bit different than he is a very counterculture type guy, just has his own personality. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he'll be back. I think, you know, when you have a job like that, you're in the spotlight. I mean, you can get away from it for a while, and I'm sure you get sick of it after a while, but eventually you're going to want to have that again somehow. So I think he's going to be sitting around at least one day. It's like, oh, well, I wish I would have had at least that goodbye moment. And I think he owes it to the fans. And I think he realizes that, too. He doesn't owe you shit, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say. Because you're right. If, if the Ultimate Warrior can come back, if Bret Hart can come back, it seems like eventually CM Punk will be back in a wrestling ring, at least, you know, addressing the fans or whatever. I don't know if we're ever going to see another match out of him because he's what? He's got to be 35, 36 at this point. Yeah, and he's been wrestling over half his life at that point too. So Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of mileage guy. on him. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't have a lot left in the tank. Um, and he does. he has a lot of other things going on in his life, and it seems like he just doesn't give a fuck about wrestling anymore. Well, which I think that's the cool thing. Is like he's actually doing shit. You know, like yeah. he's actually he's still relevant. If anything, he's more relevant now that he's not a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a rarity in wrestling. I always used to joke that you know if if there's a professional wrestler, if you Google them, they're either dead or still wrestling, and that's that was usually <laughs> the case. Uh, 
but with CM Punk, yeah, he's he's doing other things. He's writing comic books. He's going to Blackhawks games, and that's if that makes him happy, good for him. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I can't imagine that he's coming back be anytime soon though. But I mean, he just he just might not care about wrestling anymore. He didn't go to TNA. He didn't go to uh, Lucha Underground. He, like he's he's just like he's out. He's like, basically like, I hate <clears throat> wrestling and I'm done. And he's pretty much sticking to it. Yeah, he actually, yeah. he just tweeted something on Twitter. By the way, want me to read it for you? Yeah, read that tweet. It just says, I get a negative tweet saying the most deplorable things. I check their profile. Loving Christian God first dad. LOS. <laughs> Hashtag block. <laughs> I like I like how he was talking about on the uh, on the podcast about how uh, he would get all these tweets with people calling him a quieter because they couldn't spell quitter. Fucking <laughs> like, quieter. I like the story that he blocked the WWE Twitter handle too. Like just yeah. As an employee of it, because they they told him not to tweet something. Yeah. Oh, it was after he shit himself. Yeah. They didn't yeah. want him tweeting that he shit himself on TV, <laughs> so he blocked him. <laughs> Which is fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I hope changes, if anything changes, is they have to they have to find some way to protect wrestlers that they might not have a name like CM Punk or John Cena, so they don't matter. Because if this kind of shit can happen to CM Punk, what the fuck happens to Heath Slater, or yeah, or uh, who's the, Zach Ryder or somebody like that? Someone's gonna die. <laughs> Seriously, if one of them gets hurt and they stick around or they wrestle hurt, there someone's gonna seriously, seriously get injured, and then the, the WWE is gonna be fucked. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Like to the extent that. Like I mean, I guess it happened to Owen Hart. Yeah. Well, there's a guy in uh, there's a guy in TNA that it happened to. Uh, Chris Candido, I think. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he like he broke his leg at a pay per view, and then he um he went and he, he had surgery, and then he came back like a week later, uh, just to I think do promos or do some other shit, and he just had a heart attack because of all the painkillers and drugs and bullshit that they put him through. He just died at the age of like forty. Which is insane. Uh, oh, it wasn't a heart attack. It was a blood clot. And anyway, the point is, they would have caught this shit if they actually, you know, paid attention to what they were doing to their employees. But they don't give a shit. So on that happy note, uh, you guys have anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off here? Yeah, any plugs? Got some plugs going? <laughs> yeah, well, I've been playing a lot of WWE uh, Supercard on my phone. Oh shit! By 2K Studios, it is so boring and so dull, but I can't quit playing it. I uh, I actually had that on my tablet, and um, out of nowhere, my save deleted, so all of my cards were gone, and I was a fucking machine. I was so good. I had because you know you, you like you build up the cards or whatever, and then oh. I built up two rare John Cena cards, and then I fused them together into a Super Cena, and I was just fucking everybody's shit up, and then my save deleted. It was heartbreaking. But probably good for my productivity, because I wasn't getting anything done at all. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the only thing I'm doing when I'm riding on the train to school, just yeah. super card. Although I just didn't get a Nikki Bella today, so I was Ooh. looking, but I couldn't touch. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a... It was a... What was it? Uh... I don't even know. It was super rare. No, it wasn't super rare. It was 
a ultra rare. So ooh, is that's a purple one, right? Oh, it's purple. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Getting exciting over here. <laughs> yeah, I I think my lowest point was um, it was one of those weekends where they have the competition. <laughs> what is that thing called? I don't I don't know what it is, but it's usually to play off of some pay per view. And it was like a it was like a Lesnar and a Cena competition, and you pick a side, and then oh. all of your wins go towards your side. Yep. And uh, I played it for six straight hours on a Saturday, <laughs> and I got into the top five thousand for points, <laughs> and I got some like super rare card or some shit. It was oh. it was fucking embarrassing. The last one, by the way, was uh. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, and everyone was on Hulk Hogan's side. So fuck that game, and fuck all the people playing it. I was all I was all for Andre. God, assholes. <laughs> fuck Hogan. Steve, you got any plugs? Uh, yeah, if you have the network or if you have a means to acquire this, I've been talking to Steve about this a lot. And I think I probably mentioned this to Casey too. I've been watching a lot of um, like a trio of pay-per-views from late '91 to early '92. Uh, Survivor Series 91, Royal Rumble 92, WrestleMania 8. Just for the master class that mm-hmm. is the Bobby the Brain Heenan Gorilla Monsoon commentating team. Um, especially Bobby Heenan, just to listen to the commentary is... Like, <laughs> I can't get over how brilliant they were together. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've just been having a lot of fun, not even watching the pay-per-views necessarily, but listening to their commentary. But that's also the time that Ric Flair is at his peak mm-hmm. for his brief period of time in the WWE in the 90s. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just wanted to plug that. SummerSlam 91 could probably be put in there too because you have Roddy Roddy Piper on the commentating team calling Bobby Heenan boobs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which I never got. Like, boobs! <laughs> Here's the big question for you, Steve, and this is going to be a tough one. Who has said more racist things about Tito Santana, Jesse the Body Ventura or Bobby Heenan? Um, I think Jesse the Body Ventura because he legitimately used racial slurs. That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bobby Heenan was just sort of like, you know, <laughs> I'm like justifying one racism for another. That's not what I want to do. Oh, continue, Steve. Do you want to hand you a shovel so you can continue to bury yourself? <laughs> so, but I, I, I'll just leave it at that. Like, Jesse Ventura used actual racial slurs, whereas Bobby Heenan just said, oh, his tights look like guacamole. Yeah. Which is incredibly <laughs> racist, but also... Not quite as <laughs> bad as saying Chico all the time. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing with Bobby Heenan is he he instead of just calling him you know Chico all the time like Jesse Ventura did, Bobby Heenan would constantly grasp for new ways to be racist towards Tito Santana. And if you watch, uh, I think it's I think it's Survivor Series '91. He just goes off like there's there's like. I don't know, ten of them in a row, but they're all ridiculous. Like zero thought put into them at all. Just like let me let me just figure out a way to just completely shove this stereotype in, into this character. Uh, like when when Tito Santana was walking down to the ring, I remember he goes, "Is he holding his hat or is that a Chihuahua?" Like what does that have to do with anything? Oh, oh, oh. Nothing at all, Bobby Heenan. 
And of course, WrestleMania 8, when Reba McIntyre sings the national anthem, <laughs> Tito Santana comes out. <laughs> Bobby Heenan's just like, boy, can Tito's sister really belt one out? And Girl <laughs> Monsoon's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's a Reba McIntyre. It goes on for like, even like five minutes into the match, he's like, boy, that Reba was really <laughs> Girl Monsoon's like, it's Reba, not a Reba. Just gorilla. I'll, I'll get does. Will you stop that? <laughs> he just gets so agitated. It's brilliant. So yeah, oh. that's why I'm playing it out because you know it's it's a lot of fun. My God, it's a lot of fun. My God, is it a lot of fun? <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I don't have any plugs, so fuck you guys. Um, go to optimismvaccine.com. We got more podcasts. There's articles. Steve oh, writes articles. There's uh, Steve has written an article about wrestling before. We got more stuff coming next week. We just put up a Thanksgiving post, uh, but it's not Thanksgiving anymore, so I guess that doesn't fucking matter, does it? Uh, but yeah, optimismvaccine.com or on Twitter at optimismvaccine, and uh, that's that's about the whole shooting match. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today, and hopefully we can do this again soon. And I hope Absolutely. the audio turned out. Uh, hey, maybe we re- uh, recorded this entire thing and none of it worked. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, we'll just have to re-record it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember your lines.